0: Hi, my name is Jack. I'm the worship pastor on staff, and I have also had the pleasure of editing this podcast series this summer. It's just been a joy to provide it for you. This particular episode of Together We Believe, we're going to be talking about the intimacy we crave, and this features Larry and Kathy Alm, who have a beautiful story, uh, one that we want to honor and love, and with that, a couple notes The first, um, Larry and Kathy just really want you to know that they have had an amazing uh, turnaround because of this. The Lord has used their marriage to counsel many other couples. Uh, If you are one of them, you obviously know exactly what I'm talking about. In addition, they really would love for you to know that if you are in need of counseling for whatever Uh, you may be going through they would love to have a conversation with you whether it's marriage counseling or something else their hope is that you hear their story and are open to reaching out and hearing what the lord has to say about you being a child of god and then the second thing that we want to just make sure we cover because this is more sensitive material we ask that you would use discretion both in listening and also in retelling the story. This is not something that we want to just simply have plastered all over the place, but rather this is for our family, people who know Larry and Kathy. And if you have any questions, they would love to have a conversation with you. So please feel free to reach out to Larry and Kathy. uh, And also feel free to reach out to David if you have any questions. Thank you so much. Please enjoy this podcast.
1: Hillcrest family, thank you for joining us again as we continue to supplement our summer series together. We believe we want to continue to share brief conversations we have had and are having with our people about how we can practically and tangibly increase our experience of life with Jesus and close this gap between what we believe to be true and what we experience as real, and this week we are missing Fred. He is already up at Camp Fairwood gearing up for a wonderful week with our church family, and uh, I am joined. My name's David. I love being one of the pastors around here at Hillcrest, and I get to be joined today with Larry and Kathy Ohm as we continue our conversation from Sunday about the intimacy we crave. So, as always what we love hearing is first just give us a brief introduction and uh, and tell us about your family and and even how you arrived here
2: at hillcrest well as you said i'm larry Alm. and
3: i'm kathy ohm we have a son who is who has a family and lives in texas he has three children and our daughter lives in minneapolis she's married and has three children and we have been at Hillcrest for 22 years. Incidentally, we've been married for 49. Um, and we have loved being at Hillcrest. We have enjoyed various being involved in various ministries. And we have been very blessed by the fellowship that we've had in this church.
2: And um, I've been an elder here for about 15 of those 22 years, uh, elder chairman for the last three.
1: And, And there's a variety of directions we could have taken the intimacy we crave. You heard on Sunday that we believe that God has wonderfully created each person as male and female and these two distinct, permanent, and complementary genders reflect the image and nature of God. And so in the variety of places we could, could have taken it, we are joined to hear a little bit of your story. So, so, Kathy, why don't you take us back to that time when you first met, and, uh, and, and what was it about Larry that, that attracted you to him, and then Larry, what was it about Kathy, when you remember back, uh, what attracted you about her?
3: Well, Larry was always very steady. He was not reactive like me or impulsive like me. He was very steady and he had a very calming and steadying influence whenever I was around him. And that's what really drew me to him, because I think, because it's what I really needed.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and, and we first met in the fifth grade. I moved to her town a small town with small schools and so we were classmates uh, through our whole public school experience. Uh, It took me until the senior year in high school to really notice her. What attracted me to her was that I was a very quiet, reserved, shy person. She was bubbly, popular, uh, seemed to always know how to talk to people And and as I got to know her better, what I found, too, was that she listened to me. She inquired into my life, and that was a new experience for me.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you got sucked into her orbit, and you've been married now (laughs) how many years?
2: Uh, We're a month shy of 49. 49.
1: And so if you're willing, give us a small window back in uh, maybe what you saw growing up in terms of the marriages around you or, or as a, a youngster. What, what was your picture of what marriage was intended to be, if any?
2: We saw uh, what seemed to be sound marriages. Our parents got along well and there were certain things that they modeled for us. Um, both of our fathers, we could see, were protectors and providers, and certainly that's important. But we never saw intimacy in those marriages. They really didn't live out their relationships in front of us. They were not intentional at all in teaching us anything about how to do marriage, and in those days, you didn't get premarital counseling before you were married either. So we really, when we got married, were quite unprepared for it.
1: So you embarked on this journey. And this was prior to you coming to faith?
2: That's right. Yes.
1: Uh, And so over those 49 years, why don't you just invite us into a little bit of what some of those ups and downs uh, have been over those past 49 years?
2: Well, most of the downs were, it's like we had two marriages. The first one was before we came to faith. and and the second one after. But the first one was mostly Downs. Uh, It seemed like our first year was pretty good. Um, We lived a simple life, not much money, but uh, getting established as a couple and and getting to know one another better. And it was fun. But then we had about 12 years where we had a lot more conflict than we had fun, Um, some things that happened. When I was pursuing Kathy to try to get her to marry me, uh, pursuit was hot and heavy. I you know, was really doing everything I could to win her. After that was accomplished, it was like, okay, I check off that task and I move on to other things. So I stopped trying to win her. And that turned to being very critical at times, uh, very unloving, uh, I didn't understand really that differences are are so fundamental to our natures and so I was trying to change who she was so that I was more com- I would be more comfortable with her as a person
3: and that was very very hard for me because he had pursued me so much before we got married and then it was like he doesn't even like me anymore i mean it was like he became very critical and It was like I couldn't do anything to satisfy him. It was like he tried to correct everything I did, sort of. Well, I shouldn't say everything. Nothing's ever everything, but a lot of things. And so it was very hard for me because I felt like I was failing and that I didn't know how to bring it back. I didn't know how to win his affection again, and and have him like me again. So, basically, I felt that pursued
1: a, you, right, right. Mm-hmm.
3: And I, you know, a woman really desires to be pursued. You know, that's one of our basic needs. And um, so that was hard. But I felt very alone, very isolated, and um, it really—I didn't know what to do about it. It was really difficult, and I didn't know how to fix it.
2: Yeah, basically, I destroyed her self-worth with all of my criticism. Um, we did have one good year, our sixth year, when um, Kathy got pregnant with our son. That really drew us together. We really enjoyed mm-hmm. that time. Uh, we really bonded over the pregnancy um, The the birth was, it was just a great experience. And so uh, there was a year there that was much different than the prior five years and some of the years that were to follow. After that, once once again, it went back to a constant battle of wills. Uh, We each wanted our own way in things. I didn't show her love. She didn't show me respect. And that was just a crazy cycle of not loving and not respecting. But we had no strength to change. And and we became, both of us, very emotionally empty. Around that time when we were so empty, there were certain people and events that came into our lives that led us to get involved in a church. And there was a little bit of spiritual life kindled there. but. There was, there was no discipleship, and no one challenged us and called us to the gospel. They just invited us in to what they were doing.
3: And right at that, about at the same time, we had been involved in this church for maybe six months, and I, I was offered an opportunity to go to Lebanon to help a team of medical people set up a, ref, a clinic in a refugee camp in southern Lebanon. And this ended up leading to the very lowest point in our marriage. A war broke out just a couple days after we arrived. Israel and and Lebanon went to war. And what I saw just shattered my world. I mean, I was just not, I had never experienced anything like that before. We feared for our lives. We were confused by what was going on around us. There were bombs going off, exploding all around us. And we were uncertain whether we were going to be able to get out. We were uncertain if our f- we were ever going to get home to our family. And at this time, I was comforter comforted and affirmed by a man on the team that I knew really well. And we relied on one another emotionally during this time, and it It led to developing feelings for one another, which led to an adulterous affair. And because of what was going on around me, I didn't even think of the consequences. I didn't think about what could happen in my family, what could happen in his family. I just acted on what I needed. It was selfish and sinful, but that is what happened. Mm. I followed my heart instead of following God.
2: And when Kathy did return home after about three weeks, um, they did find a way out. Uh, But when she returned home, she was a complete stranger to me. Her experiences seeing what happens in war she was just disconnected from the life she had lived before Uh, i think she was very guilty feeling very guilty over being spared what she saw others enduring people who couldn't escape like she did and she had trouble dealing with that and uh, we became more isolated and estranged than we ever had been and But of course I didn't know all of the reasons for some of that estrangement either.
1: You hadn't shared fully all of what was taking place behind the scenes.
3: I made a decision at that point not to confess it to him because our marriage was so bad. I thought our marriage is, is, is going to end if I tell him this. And so I didn't tell him. I knew that I needed to end the relationship, which I did a short time later. And I also knew at that point in time that I wanted to save the marriage. I had no idea how, but I knew that I wanted to. A short time later, God used my pregnancy with Lauren to bring me back to reality, to just kind of bring me home. There was still part of me that was over there, and there was part of me that was still reliving all that went on, and God just used that to bring, Lauren, to bring me home, and I experienced, I started to experience some healing at that point in time.
1: So it, it, it feels like there is this faith journey happening simultaneously with this marriage journey, and they're moving, because I imagine, the way you just said it, Jesus is becoming increasingly real in your life. Help us see that a little bit of how your faith journey is, is coinciding with this marriage journey.
2: Well, two weeks after our daughter was born, we moved to Madison. Because I, I had been working in Madison for two weeks. I started a job in Madison two weeks before Kathy went to Lebanon. And so... Uh, we had the opportunity to get to Madison so that I didn't have to do that commuting. We first moved into an apartment building while we were looking for a house, and one of our neighbors invited us to her church, which turned out to be a Bible preaching church.
1: Those Bible preaching churches, man.
2: <laughs> and for me, that was the first time that I had been confronted with the gospel. Mm. The, the pastor uh, recognized that things weren't right with me, and he came to talk to me, and he led me to Christ. I, he helped me to recognize my sin, and then I was able to confess and repent and, and join God's family.
1: And before we hear a little bit from you, Kathy, give us, give us that layer, Larry because I hear, uh, I, I love, what I, one of the things I love about Hillcrest is we have many people that came to faith later in life. Uh, they didn't grow up in this system, but they were confronted and convicted with the depth of their brokenness and, and the overwhelming magnitude of God's holiness. Give us just a little bit more of the layer behind what was taking place in that conversation, and, and then we'd love to hear from your side, Kathy, how your faith and this marriage journey were coinciding.
2: I, As I I said earlier, I was really empty. I had been trying in human ways to change myself and finding myself completely emptied of any ability to make any change at all or to to sustain any little change that I had made. And um, I was completely emptied and... uh, and And that is when uh, the Gospel message got into my heart and and I saw hope
1: for you, kathy. How, how was this uh, faith journey coinciding with this marriage journey?
3: I think that for me it was it was realizing as we started coming back to church and that I had really set God aside for a long time because I didn't want to be convicted I didn't want to to and I, I wasn't a believer um, I wasn't what I what I want to say I guess is that it's at, at a point in my life I accepted Christ as my savior but I wasn't discipled and I didn't know how to live the Christian life and until we started, seeing people live out their faith in this church and really study the Word of God. I didn't really know how to live out the faith that was there. And so, um, when we started going to this church, I began to, to see the witness of people's lives and began to study the Word of God. And then I was being convicted by the Holy Spirit of many things in my life. So it, and realizing also that the power to change had to come from him, not from me.
1: Ah, and so invite us in to, to, to whatever degree you're willing about the, that process and progress of, of growth in terms of intimacy. There was this element of, of intimacy that was fractured and yet I hear this restoration were you hinting at this restoration that was taking place? Mm
2: -hmm. As I read the Bible, when I came to Ephesians 5, uh, I was convicted that I had never been a good husband. And there were a couple of books that really helped me to understand all of the implications of that and and what it looked like. And so I developed A sincere desire to change in the way I treated Kathy and the way I was a husband and now I had the power to do it the Holy Spirit performed a radical transformation in the way I valued her that led me to change almost all of my behaviors toward her
3: it was amazing Um, he was really changing and I was very skeptical at first that that it was real. And it took time, but he was very consistent. Um, he, his, cha- his change was a daily change. He was thanking me for things I was doing in, around the house. He was excited to see me. When I came through the door, he told me I was beautiful. He was just so attentive. Um, And I finally, through the help of the Holy Spirit, really believed that he was changing. And consequently, I, as a woman, God has made us as responders, and I began to naturally respond to that love and that affirmation.
2: That leads to a greater intimacy, both. Emotionally, and in every way, there was just this greater in- intimacy in our, in our marriage, and we enjoyed one another, we had fun together. I mean, the parallel, the more you love Jesus, the more you can love your wife.
1: So how, how then did you see Jesus reconcile um, in the midst of that broken intimacy or the affair? How, how did that get reconciled and repaired? Um, as this intimacy began to grow between the two of you guys.
2: Well, one day, unexpectedly, Kathy dropped a bomb on me.
3: I went to a women's, Christian women's conference, and I, I still don't know what the speaker was talking about. She, I mean, at the time, I was listening to her, but I was not hearing what she was saying. I was hearing, you have to tell your husband it's time to tell your husband. It was so clear. And of course I was frightened and I didn't want to hurt him. I mean, I thought, why God, why now? Things are finally so good, why, you know? But I went home and I told him. And it was so painful to see how I had hurt him.
2: It it was a punch in the gut when she told me that. Um, But I was a different person, and, and she was a different person, and the Holy Spirit was able to just right away grab my heart. And I recognized, really, that I don't believe that she ever would have been in that vulnerable position if I had been a good husband. If I had loved Jesus all through our marriage, if I had treasured her as I do now, I don't believe that anything like that would have happened. And so I told her, I think it's mostly my fault. I won't take responsibility for your choice, but I'll certainly take responsibility for the way I hurt you for so many years. And so I told her, I I will completely forgive you. That night though, I couldn't sleep. I got out of bed and um, I was wrestling with my own weakness. It was, it was my desire for that forgiveness to be genuine and complete. And I knew how weak my flesh can be. I know that I have feet of clay. And so I was just crying out to God, how do I do this? I don't know how to live up to my word. I heard an answer um, in my heart. He spoke three words. He said, I love her. Being an analytical person, I understood exactly what he was saying. My son died. He loved her so much that he died. For her her sin is forgiven it's covered and I can't see it and I knew that that is the way he wanted me to love her as well I was satisfied then with his help I could do it I never wanted in a moment of anger to bring this up and try to hurt her with it which I knew I was entirely capable of doing
3: And he never did. He never did bring it up. And to me, that was such an evidence of God's grace. It helped me to really understand how big God's grace is. Uh,
1: There's this beautiful thing. Oh man, I love the alms. I love you guys and love hearing a little bit of that restorative grace that I I hear you both speaking to. So on this side of the faith journey, um, invite us in to how you'd speak to the importance that you believe God places on this intimacy within marriage.
3: God created marriage. He put Adam and Eve in the garden. And until they sinned, they had perfect, intimacy, perfect oneness. That is one of the reasons why it is so important to him. It is the reason he created marriage. And the institution of marriage is the most important thing in our society. The society falls apart if marriage and family falls apart. So it's very close to his heart. I also believe that it mirrors the relationship that Christ has with his church. And it also hones us as believers because we have to sacrifice. We have to give of ourselves. We have to give up our own ways sometimes. We have to learn how to love when it's hard to love and forgive when it's hard to forgive. And it all makes us more like Christ.
2: You know, Kathy says that Adam and Eve had this uh, perfect intimacy in the garden, but God was a part of that. He came to the garden to be with them, to share that intimacy with them. Sin broke that, but Jesus makes it possible for us to regain it, never perfectly. Like in the beginning, he values that intimacy in marriage and the intimacy that we have with him. When we're intimate with him, he gives us the power, the ability to be intimate with each other.
1: So on this side of it, 49 and what, 49 in a few days? Mm. 49 years later, what is it that you just absolutely uh, admire most about the other?
2: To me, uh, Kathy's ability to connect And and her way of connection is not having a a network of people that she knows, but it's it's a heart connection. And she develops that so quickly with people. And she has such compassion for them, such empathy for what's going on in their lives. If they're having struggles or problems, uh, she has such tremendous empathy for them and such a strong desire to find ways to encourage them. That is what I admire about her more than anything else.
3: About Larry, I admire so much his obedience, his desire to obey God in all things, and his love for Christ church, and desire to be a part of leading that church in the direction that God desires and keeping it close to the gospel.
1: I am so thankful for the alms and uh, you guys being pillars and uh, faithful and modeling uh, life and relationship. Leave us with this. What, What are some ways that you feel like you might encourage us to continue to build if we find ourselves just fighting? Maybe we find ourselves as you were early on, just feeling empty or distant. How might you encourage us to fight for or build uh, that intimacy uh, into our marriages?
2: Well, I would say to the men, your wife wants to know that you treasure her, that you would die for her, that you think she's beautiful. To the men, I would say, treasure your wife. Overlook things if you have to. Look for the things that endear her to you.
3: And I would say that God wants to bring beauty from ashes. He wants to take whatever mess you may have, and we make some good messes, (laughs) Um, but he wants to take that mess and he wants to bring beauty from it. So just keep going to him.
1: We are so thankful and thankful for you guys. And uh, for those that are listening, we love hearing stories of life in the body. Thank you for joining us for one of our other podcasts in this supplement to our summer series, Together We Believe. As Fred always encourages us, uh, we ought to subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Google Play or
3: wherever you listen and download your podcast series.